podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. We are jam-packed, filled to the brim, fully loaded, to the max, on a Wednesday. I am Philip Slavin, and this is the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, and we mean every sport possible. We're putting that to the test today, kicking off today's show with an interview about Big 12 soccer, Big 12 tournament underway, semifinals are on Friday, Travis Clark from Top Drawer Soccer. The 24-7 or Rivals of Soccer joins the show. We're going to talk about the Big 12, the Big 12's placement nationally, which teams we think will make the NCAA tournament, which is coming up real soon, and which team he thinks wins the Big 12 tournament this coming weekend. Also, our big game of the week, Kansas State in Austin to take on the Longhorns. Now, obviously, there's some big games, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Baylor, TCU, but just to let you know, Baylor, Oklahoma is our big game next week. So we're skipping both of them. And Kansas State, Texas is a good one. Very good one. Gerald Goodridge from Burn Orange Nation. Gracie Terrell from Sprouts Takes and Bring on the Cats. Join the show. We're going to talk about this game. Some big injury news for both teams. One team getting some players back. One team losing one of their best defensive backs. Talking about the quarterback situations for both teams. Make some predictions. And if we're going to rant a little bit about our kids for five minutes because it's my show and I'll do what I want. The big news tonight, the first college football playoff poll is out. And a little bit shocking, four Big 12 teams are ranked. And the fourth one's probably not who you think. Oklahoma at number 9, Baylor at number 12, Kansas State at number 16, and Oklahoma State ranked number 23. I'm going to be blunt. I'm an Oklahoma State fan, and that one shocked me to see the 6-3 and three Cowboys ranked in the top 25 over, say, a Texas or an Iowa State Four Big 12 teams, though, it's a lot of respect for the conference, and it's due. We can debate whether OSU deserved to be in there or not, but it is credit to the Big 12. In a year where we view the conference kind of down to see an OSU ranked in the top 25, this is really good news for the Big 12. I love it. Baylor kids a little bit low, but that's what happens when you have a non-conference that consists of, well, 
what their non-conference consisted of, which is garbage. Like, this is why you had to schedule better. Kansas State deserves to be ranked 6-2 and two on the season. I love it. OU at number 9. They got plenty of opportunities to move up in this. Iowa State's going to be a good win if they can get that. Knocking off Baylor would be big for the Sooners. And, and the same thing for Baylor. One of those teams is going to win that game. And man, it's going to be big. It's going to be good, big. So the Big 12 is not out of the playoff yet, obviously. They got a lot of work to do from either of those teams. A lot of competition. Really, really good college football season. But guess what? The playoff isn't everything. Well, you need to remember that. Just because your team's not in the running for the college football playoff doesn't mean you don't have something to play for. Doesn't mean you don't have a, a lot to be excited about. Doesn't mean this season doesn't matter for you. I wish you twenty third. They're not gonna. They're not going to the playoff. But for for the Cowboys, more Chuba Hubbard, Spencer Sanders growth. Mike Gundy going to a 14th straight bowl game. This is a big year. Iowa State, Texas, both this week implying to try and get to bowl eligibility. TCU, the bowl eligibility slowly slipping away at 4-4. Four and four. They've got to win two of their last four games. Heck, Texas Tech. Texas Tech at West Virginia. Texas Tech still has to get to bowl eligibility. They need three more wins to do so. It ain't going to be easy. So there's a lot on the line for the Big 12 this weekend. I'm very excited about it. Don't forget, Big 12 basketball season is underway. College basketball season is here. Games started on Tuesday night. And if you want to catch all of them, you need to get ESPN+. Plus. I can tell you right now, I don't know everybody's schedules, but I know Oklahoma State's. And four of their first five games, including tonight's season opener against Oral Roberts, are on ESPN+. Plus. It's the only way you can watch it. So do yourself a favor. Go to our Twitter account, at 1012podcast, T-E-M, the number 12, the word podcast. Click the link in the tweet pinned to the top of the account. Get yourself signed up. $4.99 a month. It's awesome. Hey, guys, it's almost November 12th. That ESPN Plus, Hulu, Disney Plus package deal, it's like $12 a month. That's almost here. So just go ahead and get ESPN Plus because it's going to be even cheaper soon. You're going to get so much from it. You don't want to miss any of the Big 12 men's basketball, women's basketball. Heck, the women's Big 12 soccer tournament this weekend. You don't want to miss any of it. So get yourself signed up and enjoy all the Big 12 now has to offer. Obviously, we're in the middle of football season and basketball season is getting underway, but I wanted to take a little bit of time today and put some focus on women's soccer. Big 12 tournament is underway. First round is done. Semis are this Friday, and and the NCAA tournament is not far off. Look, the, the Big 12 puts out some quality teams each year. West Virginia considered a, a generally the, the best team in the conference, kind of down, but Oklahoma State's had a good season. Texas Tech is pretty good. Kansas had a solid year. So I wanted to take some time and put some emphasis on, on those teams and this sport. I'm very excited to have uh, Travis Clark joining the show for the very first time. Uh, Travis, welcome to the 10-12. No, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So you, uh, you run uh, what's called uh, Top Drawer Soccer. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a great website that covers uh, collegiate soccer as well as professional soccer as well. Um, so very excited to have you here. L- l- let's start with this. Um, the big question for me is, as a as an outsider looking in, someone who's not, I follow Oklahoma State, um, I follow the Big Twelve, but I'm not I'm not around the sport enough to know. You know, if you talk football, I, I can tell you which conferences and, and are viewed as the best and why. So in soccer, it feels like the ACC and the Pac-12 are kind of viewed as the premier conferences. Um, Is that accurate? And how is the Big 12 kind of viewed on a national stage? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely accurate. And I think a lot of what drives that is probably 
you know, simply his, historical. You know, you have the, you know, North Carolina is obviously the premier power in women's soccer, and you'd have to think that drives a lot of what has made the ACC successful over the course of, you know, I believe the program started in the early 80s. So you have that longevity, you know, that established sort of brand of North Carolina, and that helps, I think, it's like the rising tide lifts all boats theory a little bit for the ACC. Uh, and then the Pac-12, I think there's a little bit of that as well. And a lot of that is propelled by um, the stature of UCLA, you know, Stanford, those sorts of programs that have, uh, they've have programs that have really driven the quality. And if I, I'm not, I haven't done my homework here in, in terms of when Big 12 soccer was launched, but I'm assuming that factors into it a little bit and just in terms of the way the women's soccer was supported at these respective schools. Um, that's changed a lot recently, and I think that's helped boost the Big 12, especially, um, you know, West Virginia joining the the conference, of, you know, was six, seven years ago, and you, you may know more than me, the specific date. Sorry, I should know that off the top of my head, but um, <laughs> that's certainly, I think, given Big 12 a lift, and I've done this for, since 2012, worked for Top Drawer. You know, Ben, we know we, we do a lot with women's and men's D1 college soccer, college recruiting, you've seen, I would say, a, a decent spike in the in the programs. And the addition of West Virginia, I feel like, helped spur those other programs. You know, as you mentioned, Oklahoma State. Texas Tech is not a, a flash in the pan, as I'm sure you know. Kansas has had some good years here and there. So I think that, you know, if I'm going to rank it, the Big 12 is definitely, you know, top five, top seven. And uh, you know, a lot of it is pretty top-heavy when you're looking at the ACC and the Pac-12, but it's not too far behind. And I think that, you know, we'll get to this a little bit. They're probably behind the SEC, you'd have to say. And the Big Ten's obviously had a champ, national champion in uh, Penn State, but I, I do think the Big 12 could probably slide in right there behind their five. If This is, I'm going off the top of my head here, so uh, don't treat it as gospel, but I think that they would have a fair claim at that for sure. So I mean, it feels like it's a conference that's, that's starting to kind of rise up, and and would would obviously benefit from from a national champion. Obviously, North Carolina has won an insane number of national championships mm-hmm. in this in the sport. Um, Florida State's got a couple. Penn State's got one. Stanford's been there on a pretty consistent basis. West Virginia's been to the championship game before. Um, they don't have don't have the the championship trophy, but they've they've at least made an appearance, and that that matters. Mm-hmm. Does it kind of like we talk in football? You know, when, when OU or Texas is down, the conference is viewed is differently. So, with West Virginia not having what I would consider their their normal year, I think they had a run of like six straight regular season championships. Uh, they're not they're not bad this year, but they're certainly not what they have been. RPI at thirty is them being down kind of hurting the Big Twelve some this year. You know, I would say no. I'm not well versed necessarily in. Uh, you know specifics of the Big 12, but you look at the the three programs that are ahead of them, especially in the RPI. Uh, I mean, you have Oklahoma State, 15-1 and three. You have Texas Tech, 15-2 and two. Kansas, 13-4 and three. And I think those three programs, if if you know, maybe if you had just had one, but I don't. In, in some ways, the, I feel like the West Virginia's, I don't want to call it fall off, but maybe down season has open the door and not just one program have walked through it, but a few have. So I wonder if it'll be a little bit of a sea change and maybe mark a more um, competitive, you know, maybe I'm wrong and West Virginia continues to dominate starting next year, get things back on track. But I, I do feel like 
you know, from where I'm sitting, it's not a down year. It's actually in some ways a better year than let's say West Virginia had dominated and then other teams are, you know, eight, nine win seasons or maybe just 10. And the fact that I think that the big 12, they usually send about five or six teams to the NCAA tournament. And that's probably where, about where they'll be depending on who wins the conference tournament this year. But I wouldn't necessarily call it a down year. I feel like those other programs have really seized opportunity and maybe we'll see a big 12 team make a deep run that won't be West Virginia. And I think, again, that would be pretty exciting for the conference as a whole, for sure. So let's talk about the NCAA tournament for a minute. Uh, there's, there's three teams that you mentioned, Oklahoma state, Texas tech, Kansas feel like they're pretty much locked. So OSU is number 10 in RPI. Texas tech is at 15, Kansas is at 19. And for those people who, who know college, Basketball and college baseball, RPI obviously plays a big role in not just who gets in, but but seeding for the tournament. Uh, which other Big Twelve teams do you think, uh, if if the season ended today, would be would be in? Yeah, I, th- I feel like West Virginia is pretty safe. They're at thirty, and while they not are they're not going to be in competition for a season, uh, I believe they lost in the conference tournament, so uh, they're not going to get that automatic bid. But they should be pretty safe for an at large bid, and then. Texas for me is a little bit on the bubble. Their RPI is in 43. And again, they lost to TCU in a shootout. So um, I do feel like those two will probably end up getting in. But as as you kind of set it up, it's, you know, the first three are locks. The other two are probably strong on the bubble to use whatever the, um, the, the common college basketball terminology is for it. It's been a while since I've read into that stuff. But, um, <laughs> you know, those those three first three programs are definitely safe. And I think, you know, know, the way the seats are just to give listeners a little bit of a breakdown, the way the things are seated. um, They do four, they do 16 seated teams with a top four in each breath. So in each quadrant of the bracket, if that makes sense. So you have one, two, three, four in each bracket. And then I I do feel like, um, you know, if you see like one of a Texas tech or Oklahoma state, run the table and win the conference tournament, they'll probably make it into a, a seed. And as of right now, those two programs should be seeded. You know, a lot of it for the NCAA selection committee comes down to just simple geography, how things break down and looking to save money on travel when they set up with some of these matchups. So uh, I do think those two seed, but I don't, I do think uh, those two teams will definitely be seeded. Yeah, It's similar to baseball. They, they try and keep teams, from having to go too far to save money, can't make things more financially manageable for teams. So you you see, I, mean, I think OSU in, in years past has hosted like Tulsa uh, and other teams mm-hmm. that were nearby that way, you know, which can be interesting. It's good for the event because that there's a better chance of having more fans actually there at the matches, which is, which is beneficial. It's the same thing for baseball. If you want, you want good crowds on, on TV, if you want to make sure that, that fan bases can get there easily, you know, if you're, if you're from Florida going all the way to Washington, probably not the most conducive to a, a, a good-sized crowd. So let's – do you see a Big 12 team that you think, if you had to pick one, could make a, a legitimate run in the tournament this year? Well, before the show, you said Grace Gautrim is hurt for Oklahoma State. And if you hadn't told me that, then I'd probably go there. So thanks for sparing my blushes there. Texas <laughs> seems to uh, be pretty hot right now. And I think, you know, maybe Oklahoma State can – kind of shrug off the loss of a, you know, a key injury. And at the, at the college soccer season, like other college sports, you know, it's, it's a bummer because you have such a small window that even, you know, she, you know, she is a 
broke a collarbone, obviously, which is, you know, relatively serious and you're not going to come back and play soccer and that pretty, you know, that's not going to be a quick turnaround, but um, something like that, it's just unfortunate to see. You know, Kirsten Davis has been on fire. I expect her, she's a Texas Tech striker. and uh, One player can change games like in college soccer. Things can get crazy a little bit. And I think the way the Red Raiders are playing right now, you know, I'm going to shift my money onto them if you're looking for a Big 12 squad that is going to make noise. I do think Kansas could end up surprising. And you have a program with experienced players like Katie McClure, who's put together one of the best careers in the program, history of the program. But um, and I even think Texas is talented. If they get in, they could cause issues for people. But, you know, Sierra Henson, they're like talisman senior striker, has missed a lot of the season with an injury. They do have other players like Haley Berg, Julia Gross, so who have extensive experience and, and can deliver match winning plays, but uh, they've lacked a little bit of consistency down the stretch. Obviously, as I noted, drew zero zero with TCU, I believe, and lost some penalties. So, um, you know, West Virginia, I do think if they make it, it's, it's going to be a little bit too soon for them. And, you know, they've got a pretty, they've a senior goalkeeper in Riley Foster, but, uh, they've been starting a back line mostly of freshmen and sophomores. So that's kind of where they're, um, you know, I guess that's one of the root causes of their struggles this year. So I, I do think uh, if I have that, the quartet of conference finalists, uh, conference tournament semifinalists, that is in correct, you have TCU in the field and that they'd be the ultimate dark horse. They'd have to probably win out to make it to the NCAA tournament and then, um, I, I do think one of these programs will end up being pitted against Texas A&M be, just because of the way the geography works and the seating is likely to work. So th- that could be interesting. It could, you know, that could be a good matchup, Texas Tech and Texas A&M. But I, I could be making this up. I feel like they've played before in conference and uh, NCAA tournaments past, but um, that would be a challenging matchup, but a good one nevertheless. So let's talk about the Big 12 tournament. Um, yeah. Um uh... First round was was Sunday. The the semifinals are this Friday with the the, the final on Sunday. Oklahoma uh, State advancing. They'll face uh, Kansas, who knocked off West Virginia, and then Texas Tech will face uh, TCU on Friday as well. Of those four teams, who do you think has the best chance to to raise the trophy at the at the end of the tournament on Sunday? And, you know, as I kind of noted, anything can kind of happen. That's one of the beauties of soccer. Not sure how how closely you can you know, follow, and it's, it's sport in general, right? Like saying it's just soccer is a little bit arrogant in my part, but <laughs> I do feel like uh, college soccer can get a little weird sometimes. So I think all four teams are relatively close. There's not one dominant side, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my Texas Tech pick and say they're the ones that I would expect to come away with it. But you know, never know. You can suffer a injury. Game outshoot a team 25 to 10 but the goalkeeper has a blinder and stands on her head and, and wins the game for him so um, but I think the Red Raiders have the, the you know they have the preeminent striker they're kind of on fire right now doing pretty well so if I have to make a pick they'd be my my one program Travis I really appreciate you taking some time to, to talk about this today I'm a, I'm a big fan of a big 12 women's soccer and I'm I'm going to enjoy watching the the rest of the Big 12 tournament this weekend on ESPN Plus, as well as the NCAA tournament uh, coming up here shortly. Uh, for everybody who wants to check out the work you do covering uh, men's and women's D1 soccer, I know that the Big 12 doesn't have D1 men's soccer, but but if they're a soccer fan in general, uh, where can they check out your work? 
Yeah, you can check out our website, topdoorsoccer.com. We cover basically um, as much soccer as we can with a small staff looking at uh, soccer development in America, you know, girls, boys, club soccer, uh, college recruiting. The way I explain it to people is we're like the rivals for soccer in the U.S. So if you're a college sports fan, that's kind of where we see ourselves and that's where we fit. So you can also find me on Twitter at Travis M. Clark. If you have any other questions about the Big 12 or college soccer, happy to handle them uh, whenever you have them. Travis, again, appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to the NCAA tournament. I'm, I'm sure you are too, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. All right. Big game of the week, Texas, Kansas State. Very excited to have two guests joining the show today who are multi-time guests for us. Gracie Terrell from Sprott's Takes and uh, Bring on the Cats is here, as well as Gerald Goodridge of Burnt Orange Nation. And, and okay, so we're going to talk about the game in a second, but we, we I wanted to jump in and have the conversation because all three of us have kids. And for those of you who don't have kids, you're not going to care. But can I just say, if you don't follow Gerald on Twitter, um, it doesn't matter if you like Texas or not. The only reason to follow him is because his kid is a riot and the things that he tweets about should just be <laughs> things my child does would be a brilliant Twitter account. Uh, I'm especially happy with the one where that you... Uh, the kid is in the bed screaming at the balloon because it won't stay in the bed with him. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a whole debacle. And, and uh, like there were, there were, somebody had balloons at work for a thing. And so I was like, well, I got a two year old and they're extra balloons. Uh, and it, yeah, the fact that it wouldn't stay in bed with him. We weren't, we weren't at a point. I don't think at two years old where I can explain how helium works to him. So it's kind <laughs> of just a, the balloons being naughty tonight and he's going to go with daddy is how it ended up working out. Oh man. Meanwhile, uh, we had to push our recording time back because Gracie's daughter, um, well, she's apparently a lightweight. Is that? Yeah, I guess like she had a Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich for the first time and she's seven. So it's like, and I don't talk about my kids on Twitter because I'm just like, I keep it to myself. So it's like, I try to keep their private lives as private as possible. But like, this was just ridiculous. Like, Jersey Mike's parking lot. It's like 6.30. She's vomiting just straight out of the car. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I'm like, I can't deal with this. Like, we are going immediately home. Everyone's showering and you're going to bed. I have things to do. And I was like, thank goodness you guys like get it because I mean, it's kind of hard to explain to people that are like, wait, what What happened? Like, I don't understand. Like, kids are gross. That's what happened. It's, it's, there's something always coming out of any hole at, at, <laughs> at all times. It's ridiculous. I'm like, get get it together. But I feel ridiculous saying that because I don't have it together. So, you know, we're all in it. We're all in it trying to do our best. That's all I can say. <laughs> I, I have not reached you guys' level yet. Mine's just nine months. So, you know, we just had our first, like, bath time just, like, in the tub tonight, which was great. You know, she's still at the, like, super adorable and fun. And you're like, oh, my God, take a picture of everything because it's all her first everything. time doing it. Boo! Yes. And it's so exciting. Oh, isn't it? Oh, we got our Christmas pictures back. Nobody cares about those ones anyways. Um, I don't mean to be arrogant when I say <laughs> my daughter podcast. is the cutest thing ever. Like, I'm just like, all right, don't yeah. howl that we produced her. I couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> I know that my Twitter account is now, it used to be like 80% OSU, 20% other things. Now it's about 60% OSU, 20% daughter, 20% other things. Like, and that 20% is like mm-hmm. growing. So, and I don't feel bad I about it. it. I don't. I used to hate people who only posted about their kids. And I'm like, you know what? 
I hate the person who doesn't like that I post about my kids. So, uh, hey, younger <laughs> me, you're a jackass, and I'm going to do this anyway. <laughs> I love it's it. Re- it's the same reason why we can spend five minutes talking about it, because you know what? It's your podcast, and you can do absolutely anything you want. Damn straight, yeah. I can. If my daughter's favorite toy is anything purple, then, she, you know, I can... I can talk about it on here. Okay, so <laughs> speaking of purple, uh, obviously we're talking Kansas State and Texas. Thank you. That was a nice transition, if I do say so myself. Um, that was beautiful. We, I've talked a lot about Texas. We've talked about Kansas State. And I want to talk about this game specifically, but I want to start with one thing. I came into this game the last few weeks really thinking Kansas State had this game. I, I felt very comfortable picking Kansas State. And this week some things have changed that has made me change my opinion. And, and a lot of it has to do with, I think people's view on Texas is too skewed by the fact that they're not paying attention to the injuries that Texas has been dealing with this season on defense. Um, I was talking to um, Parker Fleming from, from Frogs of War, and, and it was, I remember in the, the Texas game, you know, people were getting mad because Orlando kept bringing pressure at Carter Stanley, and Carter Stanley kept picking them apart. And I was like, I don't think it's just because of the scheme it's because texas's secondary was so beat up he was just taking advantage of that well guess what it's great news for texas this week because they're getting some guys back uh, bj foster quick caden stearns both listed as probable which means they're probably going to play there's a good chance i believe that uh overshone safety overshone might might get to play this week as well he was practicing on tuesday so i i want to ask you gerald starting off with how big is getting these guys back for this Texas defense? And do you think this is the thing that kind of gets them back on course with preseason expectations? I think it's I think it's closer. The like when you look at the, what happened in the TCU game, the guy who started at safety, one of the guys that started at cornerback, weren't on the two deep. Uh, at the start of the year, like they were like Tyler Owens, a guy who played safety, one he gave up one of the late touchdowns, uh, was not on the two deep when the season started. I was fully expected him to never see the field all year. Um, and so it, it's one of those weird things where you know all week that a guy's going to be injured, so you have to be ready to play. But a true freshman making some, doing some things and playing the position in a way that, you know what, a year ago he can do that. And the last time he played meaningful football, he was able to be a little bit off a position, a little more aggressive. And so getting a guy like Caden Stearns back at safety is huge because it allows them to do more things. It allows them to play – Brandon Jones a little closer to mine. He uh, has split time at safety and nickel this year, so it allows him to move up. He's probably one of the best uh, best tackling defensive backs on a team that doesn't have any really good tackling defensive backs, at least from what we've seen. So getting him closer to the line in run support, especially like a team with against a team like Kansas State, that shouldn't have been as hard to say as it was. Um, it's, it's really, really helpful and hopefully can and stop some of the bleeding that Texas has seen the last five, six weeks. So uh, speaking of injuries, there's a, especially in the secondary, there's a big one for Kansas State. Found out that, that A.J. Parker, who's probably, could I say, the, the best cornerback on the team, uh, got injured yeah. against Kansas and is out for the foreseeable future. This is a Kansas defense that looked pretty good to start the year, had a, had a rough two-game stretch where the whole team just seemed to struggle, though I think it was more the offense and the defense. And the defense has really stepped back up. Um, played well against Oklahoma. Played, just completely shut down Kansas last week. How big is this for this defense? Absolutely uh, monumental, I would say, because um, you lose not only a leader in the locker room, but a leader on the field, too, like that. And uh, we're, we're already kind of struggling, I would say. Although the Oklahoma game just 
looked absolutely like no one was struggling whatsoever. But I'm curious to see what a missing piece does because I think this whole team has really rallied behind this like family pound the stone, keep going, like don't ever give up on this whole thing uh, mentality. And Coach Kleiman has just completely changed um, the we're not beating ourselves anymore. So I think if anything, it's just going to be interesting to see what our depth chart looks like at this point and like what we have to replace that and if it's a viable option. Gracie, I want to talk to you about the offense for just a second because I, is Skylar Thompson a good quarterback? Like, I think he's a good quarterback. He looked like a good quarterback <laughs> to start the season. And then I really put a lot of the blame on that two-game losing streak and the offense just yeah. going in the crapper on Completely. him reverting back to 2018 Skylar Thompson. And then he seemed to kind of come back around to what he looked like at the start of the season. Is is he playing? How is he playing right now? Do we think this is what he actually is? Has is he, is he kind of figured things out and now he's he's on a continued at least steady trajectory, if not upward? Or do you think there's going to be another setback at some point and Kansas State should be concerned about that? It sounds so weird because when you said, is he a good quarterback? I honestly have to ask myself that game to game because I don't know if he's just getting lucky and that they haven't figured out what he does because as fans, I'm just like, what are his strengths really? You just look at it like okay what exactly is he doing out there and at sometimes he's commanding sometimes he has this great out-of-pocket presence other times he looks like he's gonna like run scared the opposite direction and it's just like um having a resource like Colin Klein as a quarterback coach and being like around to even be a part of that I think has really helped tremendously and just I mean I can't say enough about the coaching difference um and the the team mentality because I feel like no matter what this team gets through um, some really overcome. I mean, I think overwhelming obstacle was easily OU. I mean, that's the mental thing. It's it's definitely a physical uh, matchup too. But it's just like these these guys somehow keep coming up with these plays that are shocking K State fans, and it's stuff that we're not used to seeing. We're not used to being able to continually uh, outpace our opponent and not beat ourselves because that's what our biggest problem was. Um, the last few years and it's incredible to watch it change and so I don't know if Skyward Thompson's a good quarterback or if he just keeps finding these unique situations and he's getting lucky speaking of quarterbacks uh Gerald you know preseason expectations for Ellinger were pretty high and it feels like these last few weeks not only people are, are down on him he's just not even talking about him like he's just kind of disappeared like he's not even playing anymore like there's just a phantom in place of him um he had a really bad performance against TCU four interceptions which is very uncharacteristic of him what's 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 going on with Ellinger why were the expectations too high to start the season was it a one game fluke like what do you think is going on with him right now so there's um there's two different things to talk about I think one the the game against TCU Texas only handed the ball off to a running back 13 times and threw the ball 48 times Hmm. and so Anytime that you you tell you tip your hand at Gary Patterson, he's gonna make you pay, right? Mm-hmm. So anytime Gary Patterson knows you're passing, and and TCU was able to get a generate a pass rush, only bringing three or four guys, and so when you can drop seven or eight people into coverage, the the throwing windows are really really small. Uh, and Ellinger has progressed quite a bit as a passer, uh, but he's not he's not always going to be the thread, the needle guy. And I think because of the situation and how Texas has played, he's had, he's had the Cape on for basically since LSU. So all of the season since week two. And at some point, like we realized that he's not Superman 
and and the offense has to get a little more balanced. And I think the other thing, um, when you watch the film of TCU, two of those interceptions were not really his fault. The receivers um, ran, kind of did some weird things at the end of their routes to um, that that and they kind of put the ball in bad positions. The fourth interception, um, it's a it's a fourth down. You're down a score, or you're down ten points. You know, with seconds to go, so like it's whatever that that one barely counts. Uh, so really, when you watch the film, like one of those was just he was pressing and put it in a bad spot. Uh, and so I think the the to a long answer short, it's a weird mix of bad balance on offense uh, and some bad luck against TCU. The the balance thing, it's gonna it's happened. They still don't know who their running back is. Keontae Ingram is super inconsistent. Uh, they only handed the ball to the other running back, Roshan Johnson, four times in that game. So it's it's just not – again, when when you have a massive differential between running and passing, any defensive coordinator that is worth anything is going to be able to exploit that. So talking about that, how do you think the Texas uh, offense is going to match up against Kansas State this weekend? That is a fantastic question, and I have no <laughs> clue whatsoever. Um <laughs> It's if the offensive line can play like it, like it did the first five weeks, like I think back to no offense, Philip Oklahoma state with, with what they did to the Oklahoma state defensive front. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the best games I've seen that you, a Texas offensive line play in years. Appreciate um, that. And so Appreciate if they play it. like, <laughs> I, you know, I had to. <laughs> um, so if they're able to play, if they're able to play like that, I think uh, they'll be able to be more balanced. I think getting Jordan Whittington back from injury and having another option out of the backfield, the guy, uh, who you can do some interesting things with. You can motion him out. You can throw him on a swing pass and get him into space and let him make a guy miss. So that gives them another option. Um, you know, I'm going to be really honest with you. Uh, AJ Parker being out is a big win for me personally, uh, just because <laughs> I think Texas is going to be able to, um, he was the guy that worried me in pass coverage. And so yeah. ha- being able to have Colin Johnson um, playing against whoever the number two guy is and putting Brendan Eagles, who, I think still may lead the country in explosive plays um, or at least yards per catch uh, on, on the number three guy is a huge advantage for a Texas passing game that needs to find its mojo again. So Gracie, how do you think this defense is going to match up against Texas offense then without, without AG Parker? Do you think they can, they can hold up? I think so because you know, what we've really seen on defense, it's incredible the injuries this year in the big 12, just in general. Um, But it's really impressive that, you know, we kind of, I think, Wes Miles, I don't think he over or underestimated K-State. I think he knew what he was getting into. Sorry, I was choking while he was talking, so I apologize. Um, I drank water, and apparently I just can't handle it today. Um, But it was really impressive that Wes Miles kind of, like, had a really weird game plan. I don't know what he was trying to do against K-State, but K-State really got to show out in its depth chart because – you know, at a certain point, it's kind of like, can we just end this game? I don't want to say it's a mercy kill, but whatever. You know, you have that powerful OU game where the defense looks absolutely unstoppable. And then you go into the Sunflower Showdown where, you know, everyone, especially Vegas, Vegas loves this game. And, you know, Kelly in Vegas, a good friend of mine, is just like absolutely telling everyone how K-State's going to crush them. And everyone's like, oh, less miles. And it's like, I think K-State really showed its depth and its ability to kind of hang in there 
even though going against KU probably won't, wouldn't be that impressive to most people, but I think in the last couple of games, we really got to see why K-State's even being ranked. I was a little bit surprised, not going to lie, because I think the OU game was a little bit more of a fluke on OU's end, more than it was K-State showing out. Um, but it was just a little bit uh, unnerving to see K-State finish a game like they did against OU and then go back and, you know, win the Sunflower Showdown for X amount of years in a row. I can't even keep track. Like, when I was in college, I'm like, how many years has it been now? And, like, I cared then, but now I've lost track. So it's just been overwhelmingly in K-State's favor, and I'm okay with that. The Texas thing, however, um, when I was in college, I started doing the rinse do to Texas because, you know, Ron Prince and his Texas stomp became famous. Um, and so I'd like to I say that I still have can, nightmares oh. about Ron Prince. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> oh, my God. The guy was terrifying. And then he went on to the NFL, and I'm like, people put him in charge of professional athletes? What? And I was shocked. And then he got in trouble recently because he's having anger outbursts and stuff. I'm like, not surprising. So lots of people have nightmares about that man. You're not alone. <laughs> The one thing Kansas State and Texas fans have in common, Ron Prince nightmares. Yes, yes, we can all bond on that. But it's going to be a really <laughs> tricky game. I don't know. People were putting out ridiculous stats. Like uh, in Chris Clemens' first year of coaching, he's outscored or he has a better record than Tom Herman does in his third year. I'm like, shut up. This is ridiculous. Like, I'd love to say that we own Texas because that's so cool to be able to say, but you know, these teams are actually with the injuries that Texas has compared to the injuries that K-State has. They're kind of like almost the even matchup. So Vegas right now has this game. It's a seven point game. Texas is favored. Let's get your picks. Gerald, what do you, uh, what do you think happens in this game on Saturday? Oh man. Um, well, I, the Texas is notorious for turning quarterbacks. You don't know if they're good or not into Heisman caliber candidates. I mean, it's better than turning that. fifth string former walk on wide receivers into Heisman candidates. So I don't want to hear about your backup semi good quarterback problems. So, it's okay. Uh, so I, I, um, I mean, I don't know. And I'm so bad at picking. I get this is my word. That's why I don't bet. Um, I, I think it's honestly going to be a lower scoring game that people anticipate, you know, Kansas State. Uh, is I think like the number one or like number three team in time of possession. So I think they're going to really try to focus in on clock control. So I think it's probably going to end up being like a 27, 24, kind of just like weird, low, weirder, lower scoring big 12 game. Uh, and anytime it's a field goal game, I always give the edge to Cameron Dicker because uh, I mean, he's, he's Cameron Dicker. So I think probably Texas comes out with a late second field, last second field goal uh, over Kansas state. Yeah, I love okay. Kansas State unders this season. They've been uh, – Kansas State unders and OU overs have been really good to me. Um, <laughs> all right, Gracie, what's your pick here? Um, I'm going to have to say, just because I'm going to show true homerism, that I think K-State is going to not shock the nation by any means, but I think they're going to be able to hang in there, and I, I have a feeling that they might win. A nice, decent road uh, win, um, and they I, – I can definitely see it. I think Gerald was right. It's going to be one of those – games that people are like uh big 12 football kind of like when we watch a nine to seven game in big 10 football and we're like really cool or a nine and seven sec game like you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> um i think people expect the big 12 to be super high scoring because of what tech and baylor and tcu did for quite some time but i think it's kind of positioning back to that big 12 power defense so i can see something on the line i would say more i don't know just to switch it up and not be the exact same uh 27 21 key state okay i like it 
Uh, you guys have been awesome. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I'm. I can sit here and rave about both of you for like 20 minutes. You're both fantastic. Not just I have like, an idea. Oh. Oh no, I have an idea for Gerald because he said he's really bad at picking. I think your son needs a pick 'em show. I think you need to like have him rationally pick teams. Just who knows what it could be based off of, but it would be like his two year old. You know, yes, I, balloons. Which balloon do you want to take to bed? <laughs> Different co- different colored balloons, I think, is the way that we go with this because we're we're I trying to this. really teach him his colors. So I think that's now when when TCU plays K State, we got to come up with a, a way to differentiate those. Yeah, because they're both like silver, black. K State doesn't have the black, but then it's like the purple. I I can't tell the difference between the purples. People tell me there's a difference, and I'm like, okay. Well, TCU school right. color is what purple and red. Now is that is that? Oh yeah. <laughs> Another the thing I'm gonna have frogs. nightmares about. Yeah, that was horrifying. You realize now, because that you went and lost them, they're going to wear that uniform combo more often. Like, that's what you've done to us, is that we now (laughs) have to see that uniform combo come back again because they won Uh. it. So I I did this to myself. I made a joke on Twitter that if Texas lost to a team wearing that ugly of a uniform, they should shutter the program. And so I had to go ahead and start making jokes about how, how what's the resale on a locker room with the flat screen in it. And we were able to turn it into something, but uh, definitely, <laughs> oh my gosh. it definitely backfired on me. I'd say uh, so. Cold takes. Cold. Ice cold I love takes. it. You guys have been awesome. Gracie, for everybody who wants to check out the work you do covering uh, Kansas State, where can they do so? Uh, they, my editor would like me to do more at burnoutthecats.com. So social media wise, I'm there. I'm always harassing people, but, um, you can always hear me mouthing off burnoutthecats.com or sprout steaks. Gerald, same thing. Uh, where can everybody check out the work you do covering Texas? Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at GH Goodridge. Uh, I'm always on burn orange nation. You can follow, uh, my sarcastic podcast, Texas feed at longhorn pod. And, uh, that's, that's probably it. Or you can get Gerald's, uh, Follow him on Twitter so you can get the kid takes. And then you can also follow his uh, his nerdy movie show, which is a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, which I was supposed to be a guest on and haven't gotten my invite. And I'm a little bit hurt. So, <laughs> but I keep bringing you on my show. But it's fine. I'll just, you know. Just air it out now. That's amazing. Yeah. Philip, I'm sorry. My uh, my co-host <laughs> is a t- teacher and he, he uh, his schedule is a little w- weirder than the guy who uh, – who writes and does podcasts for a living. So somehow. Fair enough. Tougher. All right, fine. I won't take it personally. All right. You guys have been <laughs> awesome. Uh, I look forward to watching this game on Saturday and I get to watch all of them because my mother will be here watching my daughter and uh, I don't yes. watch the game. So I'm just going to be like, hey, mom, bye. And, <laughs> I uh, love yeah, it. So it's be fun. Enjoy that. Yes. Hey guys, a couple of things before we go. Just a reminder, make sure you're subscribed to the 1012 podcast so you don't miss a single episode during the football season. Two, rate and review the show. Five stars, please. It helps guests get the word out about the show to other people. Plus, we just like to know what you like and don't like. Just if you're going to give us one star, let us know why. We appreciate it. Don't forget, if you want to be part of our first mailbag episode this month, shoot us your question. You can DM us on Twitter, at 1012podcast, T-E-M, the number 12, the word podcast, or you can shoot it to us in an email. That's 1012podcast, T-E-N, number 12, word podcast, at gmail.com. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.